somebody who we do know that desperately wanted to go to Utah his whole life and came to Utah because he wanted to be a Ute is Kyle Gunther. And Kyle joins us this morning. Kyle, how the heck are you? PK, how are you? It's game day. <laughs> it is game day, man. After all these years, you still get your blood going? Well, you can tell. There's, uh, there's something different in the air. And that's the beauty about football is that you only get 12 guaranteed opportunities to play. And you look at these two teams now. I mean, the youth got an extra game already because they played in the championship game. And as a player, you understand that everything you do in the off season, all those times that you've vomited before 7 a.m. because of your workout, all the times that you've been bleeding while you're in class, all those times you wake up and you're sticking to the bed sheets because you've got three different cuts on your elbows or whatever, your foot's bleeding when you get up, all of that is for game day and I heard you talking about the young man from Katy, Texas, uh, Brant Keithy, for example. You know, anybody from Texas, I mean, this is the Super Bowl. You're, you're absolutely right that every one of these guys wanted to go to Texas. They feel snubbed. This is an opportunity to put their own product out there. But bowl games mean a lot. You have a lot of extra time to prepare, which means you've got a little extra time to get in your own head. But, yeah, that's the beauty of football is you don't get to play it year-round. You don't get to play it your whole life. Football leaves you. Football's undefeated. It leaves every single person who's ever played it. Most people are done playing before they're 21. So, yeah, when, when you get an opportunity to strap on that chin strap, man, you, you realize that it's, uh, it's, it's a meaningful event. Kyle Gunther coming to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tad for $99.99 to visit the Sprint store nearest you. Kyle, how did you approach bowl games? It wasn't I – don't, I don't remember when you were playing if guys sat out like we're seeing now. The Sun Devils are playing today, my Sun Devils, and they got their two best offensive guys who are uh, not going to play. One, you know, Benjamin's a junior, and the other, Ayuk, is a senior. But they both want to get ready for the draft, so they're not going to play in the bowl game. The Utes, we know Jalen Johnson is not going to play as far as being eligible. A couple of the guys in the defensive backfield, Hubert and Blackman, are injured. But I don't remember when you were there if that was something that was going on at the time. But what was your approach as far as the bowl games went? Well, I, I think most people uh, feel the same way you do, PK, and that they don't remember. When, when I was at Utah. But, uh, yeah, this, this whole trend of sitting out bowl games is, is a relatively new one. I believe Christian McCaffrey, Ed's son, was the first college player to do this. And I want to say, what was that, 2010, uh, 2012, somewhere in that range, maybe just a few years ago, uh, maybe a little after that. But he said, uh, I'm going to skip the bowl game because I've been banged up and I'm going to get ready for the NFL. And every other college player said, hmm, wait a minute, I still get my scholarship check, right? And as long as I'm practicing up until basically the, the week or so before, I'm still going to get my bowl gifts. But for the guys who are on that elite edge of being able to play professionally at the next level, uh, it, it does make sense for some of them. It makes perfect sense for Jalen Johnson. He didn't have his best game against Oregon, but he's had an incredible career. Jalen Johnson is arguably the best recruit that the Utes have ever landed. He was a four-star kid from out of state. He showed up. He started for three straight years. He got his degree in three years. He's a well-spoken, wonderful young man, and he might be a first-round draft pick. The Utes would love to have a guy like that each and every year do that. Now, you're getting on shaky ground when you've got guys who are told they might be a fifth-round pick. 
and they sit out the bowl game because, you know, some agent says, okay, if you sit out now, you can sign with me and I'll front you some money. It's not a, as much of a concern for a school like Utah. It's more of a concern for a school like Clemson or Bama because when you decide that your career is done, then you can sign with an agent. You can't sign with an agent before then. So these guys are doing this because the agents, you know, if they know you're going to get a $10 million signing bonus, what's the harm in the agent loaning you $100,000, a low-interest loan? And all of a sudden, you're 21 years old, and you go, yeah, instead of having $4, I'd like to have hundred grand right now. Mom needs to pay rent or whatever it is. So that's why a lot of these guys do this. I know it, it gets easy to paint them in this light of being, oh, they're selfish. No, I mean, a lot of these kids come from horrific backgrounds. Uh, I played with guys who told us they had to do their homework at the local McDonald's because they didn't have electricity. So there are just backgrounds that, that the average person cannot even comprehend. And some of these guys, when they get to this point, they say, I need 50 grand. I've got to have it right now so that you know, my parents don't lose their home or something like that. So that's the practicality aspect of it. But no, guys didn't do that because also we were a Mountain West team. And in the Mountain West, everybody knew we were playing for the love of the game, and, uh, and so it wasn't even a consideration back 40 years ago when I played. Kyle Gunther joining us here on the Zone Sports Network. We look at uh, Texas. Uh, Ellinger looks like he's a potential pro. Herman said yesterday that he believes that the kid is going to come back uh, next year to play, so we'll see how that works out. But anyway, for now, he can throw the ball around a little bit. And uh, Duvernay's uh, had all sorts of stats, 103 catches. He's a slot guy. Colin Johnson's a bigger dude, and he's missed some games. Their tight end has missed some games. But the tight end and Johnson are supposed to be back in this game. We know you just spoke about Jalen Johnson. We just mentioned how Blackman and Hubert are not going to be there. What's your concern level about Utah being able to defend the pass? Well, it, it is high because of what you saw in the last game. Justin Herbert had a lot of success throwing the ball, making some really precise throws against this Utah secondary. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. First and foremost, Justin Herbert is a very talented quarterback. He's better than Sam Ellinger. Now, Ellinger is very unique. I think he's a poor man's Colt McCoy. He can run, and Texas is not afraid to run him around, but they also run a lot of five-receiver sets. and He can make aggressive throws to the sideline. Texas can make aggressive throws over the middle. You mentioned Duvernay. He has more catches than Utah's receivers the last two years combined, practically. And I mean receivers. Put, put aside the tight ends, Utah's receivers the last two years, I don't believe, have 103 catches. So it just shows to go yet that, when you've got a guy who can get open, it can really change your offense. And there was a couple of things that stood out from Utah's performance against Oregon. Uh, in no particular order, Utah's receivers were not getting open. Tyler Huntley was holding the ball way too long. Tyler Huntley, I don't know what he was seeing. I don't know why he decided to not just make some of these throws. You know, he's on a three-step drop, and he's planting his back foot, and then halfway through his throwing motion, he's not throwing the ball. And then it's like, well, I wonder why the pressure came. A three-step drop is designed to have the ball thrown in three steps. If the quarterback holds the ball beyond that, he will get creamed. It's very clear. Everybody knows it. So that was upsetting. Uh, if you're a Utah fan, Utah's offensive line didn't play well at times. And I'm going back and rewatching these clips. It wasn't like Oregon was stacking the box constantly. No, a lot of times on third down, 
the Utes would have their 5-0 linemen, and they would keep Zach Moss in on third down to, to pass block, which means you got six pass protectors. Oregon was only rushing six. They'd have five down guys, maybe one linebacker they'd bring pressure. If you have six blockers and you can't block six defenders, well, you're going to get beat. And that's what happened to the Utes. So the concern for Utah is more so about what they can do offensively. If they have a slow first drive, if they get down in this game, I'm not confident that the Utes can not only uh, hold off Texas's offense, but also can, can the Utes throw themselves back into this game for a victory. Now, I don't think Texas's secondary is all that elite this year. I think the Utes uh, can find some success through the air early on, but the Utes will win this game if Zach Moss gets rolling, if he has 150-some-odd yards. And I think Zach Moss is one of the more motivated guys on earth. I think he's going to have a huge game. I think Andy Ludwig realizes that that is the big key to victory. And they didn't get away from the throw game. Uh, I'm sorry, they didn't get away from Zach Moss against Oregon. I mean, they were certainly trying to feed him the ball. But I think in three possessions, the Utes were down three scores. I mean, it felt like you're down 20 to nothing. It's hard to run that ISO inside dive play every single first down. And then the Utes tried to run play action, and uh, Huntley was just, a, he was just a step off against Oregon. So, uh, you know, to, to bring this thing back, you know, to the concern level, it's uh, I'm, I'm more concerned about if Utah's offense sputters because Tyler Huntley's holding the ball too long. That's going to be the issue. Utah's D line can make up for the lack of corners. Utah's D line's very good. They're going to make Ellinger throw the ball earlier than he wants to, but I can see this being a little bit of a shootout early on in the first half before the Utes buckle down. I think you'll see a little bit of a slower second half. But yeah, I think early on you could see uh, you could see both teams try to test each other offensively. So, Kyle, I want to make sure I understand this because, as you know, I didn't play the game. A three-step drop is designed for you to drop three steps and throw the ball. And if you don't, what, there, it's completely on you, the quarterback. Okay, so a three-step drop you know, versus a five- or a seven-step. If you're going to throw the ball very deep, okay, the quarterback usually has to hang in the pocket for an extra half second because the receiver needs time to get open. Well, when you do that, you design your protection scheme that way. The offensive line will drop in a certain way because you are aware you've got to pass block for five seconds. Now, if it's a three-step drop, essentially you're throwing a slant or an in route, you're throwing a quick hitting route, well, a lot of times the O-line will change their technique, and you basically punch a guy in the gut, and you wait for the ball to go over your head, and that's it. Or you chop block or you do something. But when the quarterback drops back one, two, three, plants his foot, and is supposed to throw it, and he doesn't, I mean, the coaches will scream at you in practice. They'll tell you, you are going to get hurt badly. You are going to get hit. Uh, and when a quarterback does that, every single time they do that, it's because they're trying to make a play. They're try- not to be selfish, they're trying to help their team win. And everybody's got a game plan until you get sweat in your eye and you can hear a defensive end barking and you're caught up in the passion of the moment. And Tyler Huntley, he, this is his favorite phrase. He says, I'm just here to make plays. I just want to make plays. And after he plants that back foot, when he doesn't have the confidence because he's not seeing guys open enough, he tries to take off and scramble, and you just can't do it every play. You can't scramble right up the middle and expect, oh, I'll just slip past this nose guard. So, no, it's not because he's being selfish or he doesn't know the offense. It's because Tyler Huntley wants to win so bad. But as a teammate, you've got to tell him, do your job. If you're supposed to throw the ball to a tight end over the middle and he's not open, then throw him open. Throw the ball just outside of his reach then so he has to dive for it or whatever. But that's what separates the great quarterbacks from, from everyone else is that 
when your guy is not open, can you throw him open? Or at least throw the ball out of bounds. But the last thing you want to do is just tuck the ball and try to run out of there. And, and you know, that Huntley's, he's done that for his whole career now. But, again, it's not because he's selfish. It's because he, he wants to try to make a play. But if you do that three times on third down, that means you've lost three possessions, you've taken three sacks, and the other team has gone up 20 to nothing. And that's what happened with Oregon. And so it seems like it's only three times. It's only, you know, okay, two times maybe he tucked the ball when he shouldn't have. Well, that ends three drives, and all of a sudden you're down, and then you can't run the ball anymore because you're down 20 to nothing. So that's kind of the practicality of it when you're facing a good offense, for example, like Oregon. If you screw up two drives or three drives, you're down three scores. Got it. All right. So I want you to evaluate the season if they win and then evaluate the season if they lose. You won 11 games. Utah fans have got to be happy with 11 wins. I mean, I guess I'm never going to tell a fan what to think. Fan is short for fanatic, and you can want whatever you want. It does feel like, based on where the Utes were, I mean, they they really should have. I know it's a, a dangerous word, but they should have beat USC. You had the ball twice as much as they did. Uh, you gave up just a couple of weird plays. I mean, the Utes really could have gone 12-0 and in the regular season. Now, you can't win 11 games and have it be a bad season, but it also feels like this team could have easily done what Oklahoma did. I mean, unfortunately, you saw Oklahoma just get smashed against LSU, and, and Utah probably would have too, but Utah was a playoff-caliber team, and that has happened once in the last decade or so, because I think that 9 team, the Sugar Bowl team, was about in that same category. Basically, once about every 10 years, the stars align, and you have a team that's good enough to make a run like that with a program like Utah. Not every school, but with a guy as good as Whittingham at the helm, about once every 10 years or so, you can get yourself into this position of national prominence, and the Utes didn't do it. So as a football fan, I'm sure there are guys who said, wait a minute, I, I had my ticket booked. I wanted to go to the, uh, was that the Fiesta Bowl? Uh, I'm sorry, whichever game LSU and, and Oklahoma played in. You know, that's the game that you had your sights set on. You, you thought that you could make the playoffs, but this team won 11 games. There's going to be eight draft picks. I think the youth announced they've had uh, the highest graduation rate yet again. they got another big four-star, a couple of four-star recruits this year in recruiting. Utah's program is extremely healthy. But last year you lost the championship game in your bowl game. It put a really sour taste in your mouth. This year you don't want to end on two straight losses. Losing the bowl game is tough. I don't know because we won all five games, uh, all five of our bowl games when I played at Utah. But I would imagine you lose a bowl game, that bothers you through January. That bothers you through February and, and March. You start spring ball and the coaches are saying, hey, we've got to correct these awful mistakes we made in the bowl game. So the bowl game, win or lose, it has lasting effects for the next generation, for the, you know, the, the juniors and the sophomores. But, man, I feel bad for the seniors because you go out, and let's say you don't play in the NFL, like most of these guys, you know, half the class won't. Well, all of a sudden, you lose your last game, and you don't forget about that. I mean, your, your football career has a bit of a sour end to it, so that's no fun. All right, Kyle. Well, thanks for joining us. I've got one mission for you, and that is to make sure uh, tomorrow morning at this time you are awake and of clear mind. Do you understand that? I got kids, PK. I don't think I can stay up past uh, 930. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, maybe I'll be up uh, banging some pots and pans at 9 or 10. But, no, I have not stayed up past midnight since I was in college. No, so <laughs> no worries with me. All right, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. 
I'd be conceited. 